Hi everyone, welcome to the Raw Show with Michael McDonnell and I'm here with a very special guest. We're here with Katia Sarmiento. Katia, oh, it's very nice to see you. <laughs> it's nice to see you too. Thanks for having me here. So Katia is a, a business coach. She runs her business Reach and Make Millions where she helps six and seven figure digital small businesses scale up with the right systems and operations. She's a really big systems buff and she teaches <laughs> tech and systems. So before we, we get into that, share with, with our listeners, Katia, your, your origin story. So what, what was it like for you to, to grow up and yeah, so supply us with some context. Yeah, so actually I was talking to somebody the other day about growing up. Um, I have always been an entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, um, you know, well, so my parents are divorced and my dad had his own business and they were divorced since I was one years old. So it was not like I, like I didn't get it. Like I didn't know what divorce was as a kid or anything. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Like he had his own business, all of these things I didn't know until later. And so, you know, there were instances where I was an, definitely an entrepreneur. One example is, you know, my favorite video games as a kid were like Lemonade Tycoon, Big Biz Tycoon. Uh, um, I, I, I would like, I, I found out what tolls were. And so I put at the top of my staircase at my family home, like a string from the staircase rail to the wall. And I had the right. dog like protect the staircase and anybody that wanted to pass had to like give me a coin. And I didn't know the <laughs> difference between quarters and dimes and pennies and all of that stuff yet because I was too young. <laughs> but it worked. I got, I collected a lot of coins. Um, so, you know, like, and I had like a toy cash register and I would, go around the neighborhood knocking on doors trying to sell stuff and you know people would laugh and give me a dollar and but not show up for me to deliver the service because I was like a little kid and I don't think they trusted that I would deliver anything but <laughs> I was prepared to so I got you. yeah many many instances like that and you know my dad really encouraged it he, he gave me these discs on learning front page and Photoshop and it taught me like, like SEO, social media marketing, WordPress, you know, like I saw him running his business. And then uh, when I actually decided to start my own online business, I was in college. I, I dropped out. I quit my full-time job and I totally freaked out my mother. <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? You are so like your dad. I'm like, I guess I am. I don't know. But this is this is going to work out for me because I already had clients lined up wanting to pay me. I just had to actually start the business, you know? Mm -hmm. So I kind of, you know, just fell all naturally into place for me. Right. So cause obviously that a lot of the things that you went through, you said it happened when you were quite young. So a lot of it was probably... Because from my background, I mean, I, I, I suffer with a health conditions. So that, that was when I was younger, but it feels very normal. Like when, when mm -hmm. some people that, that don't have those sorts of things, you know, that those mm -hmm. sorts of experiences, I guess they don't realize that after, say, you know, a year or two, particularly when you're young, it's a high percentage of your, of your life, isn't it? So you do, yep. you do move on quite quickly. So how, how quickly did you realize that, you know, you had to be, had to be, I guess, independent with, with certain things in order to, to achieve anything, I guess. You know, 
It was, it was pretty difficult because especially my Latin background, it's like family comes first and, and we're like dependent on each other. So there were a lot of instances where I was like, well, this is what I have to do. This is what I should do. And, um, honestly, I got, I kind of got depressed as a teenager because, you know, I knew, I knew I wasn't like I was trying to go in the direction that I wanted to go, but then it felt like, well, that's not what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to like graduate, like graduate, like get your degree or, or whatever and graduate college and, and get a full-time job and then do that for the rest of your life and get married and have kids and all, you know, like the normal thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think it was that point in college where I was like you know what it's just it's just not working for me at all and maybe if I take this leap who knows it might work out it might not I could always go back to college if that was the case but after a while I was just like I started meeting people that have done what I've wanted to do and have these like businesses that are amazing and this legacy and this impact that they're making and they never went to college and they like didn't need to do all the normal stuff. You know, they were just independent and they took risks and they did their own thing and it worked out for them. So I think, you know, finally I started realizing like, first off, this is working out way better than what I was trying to do before. And second, you know, there's people that have succeeded, so it's totally okay. Yeah. I mean, one of the important things that you mentioned there, me really stuck out to me because something that I realized as well is that if, if you can go backwards, you know, like you said, you can always go back to college. If you can, if you can take those steps back, you're more likely to take those steps forward. I find, and it's amazing how, it's amazing what can happen when when you kind of engineer those steps back. So you go right. Well, if it doesn't work, then I can do this, that, and the other thing, and I can get back to where I was. If it doesn't work, it's like you're more likely to to mm-hmm. take the leap. And it's yeah, I mean, it's something that I've experienced, so I definitely get where where you're coming from with that so what what drawn you in to to help other people with their businesses then because obviously in in some worlds in some industries a lot of people a lot of people are happy to work with somebody that has helped others achieve amazing things Mm -hmm. but I guess in the business world we tend to think of it as okay well a lot of people don't really get to the point where they can help people with their businesses unless they've done it themselves. So unless yeah. they've actually had the, the business side, the business success themselves. So paint the picture for us in terms of how did you get to the point or I guess what was the business success that you had, I guess, that allowed you to think, okay, I can then help others with that. Yeah. So yeah, because I, I haven't always been helping people with their businesses. And the thing is, you know, I took a lot of action and I gained a lot of experience through trial and error. And so as a teenager, you know, I was doing freelance web design. I was helping my dad behind the scenes in his business. I helped a a ton of, you know, I got jobs, but I always ended up doing my zone of genius, which I didn't recognize, but it was systemizing. Hmm. Uh, You know, I would take, Uh, an issue that's happening in the company and I would create a process. I would give them recommendations. I would create a system for them. I would automate things for them and it would help these companies out a lot, even though my job was like just a regular $10, $15 an hour job. Right. Like I just, I couldn't turn that part of me off. And so 
um, you know, I, I, like freelance web designing and, and, you know, there are hints of me doing a little bit of like, you know, uh, systemizing and automating and tech stuff. But what happened was, is like, I found this community online of uh, coaches and, and spiritual, like personal development and stuff like that. And I was actually pretty depressed as a teen. So I went into this community looking for help to grow. And I found a lot of these people that had these amazing businesses, but they just like, they weren't sharing it online and they weren't reaching a ton of people. And so I just, I just started helping them with the tech stuff first. You know, I didn't try to pretend like, I'll help you make more money because I had, I, I, had, I had just started my business as well. And this was when I was like 18 years old. So I just helped them, you know, create the website, like figure out social media. I started studying a lot of marketing and, you know, testing out different marketing strategies for people, setting up funnels, you know, like all the things for an online business, like taking some, someone's local business and putting it online and seeing how that does. And, you know, it's just been really the way to get there is just taking a lot of action and gaining a lot of experience and failing a lot, <laughs> a lot more than people know and see publicly. And then, you know, this year I started a company with a partner, Scott Oldford. Uh, we, uh, it's called bots for business. And just within less than three months to put both of us together doing this thing, we made less than six figures in three months. And so right. nice. Yeah, that's but that's like the com the combination of both of our experiences in both of our zones of geniuses. So he's great at marketing and sales. I'm good at systems and operations. So he would sell the product. I would create the process to deliver it and hire the team and like create the organization in the company. And it just it worked out really well. So now I've I've come to realize in the past couple of years, my zone of genius is helping businesses scale. And so that's what I've been focusing on is going into these businesses behind the scenes, working with great marketers and salespeople like Scott um, and helping them actually just like have more freedom to do what they're really good at and, and what they like create more of that impact um, and legacy because a lot of people now I realized and this is after years of doing this, you start to realize patterns in people. It's like people like it, it, when you're an entrepreneur, especially like a six figure entrepreneur, it becomes more than just, it, it's not about you anymore. It's about your legacy. It's about the impact. And so I am really good at taking this one person's gift, this one person's vision and making it something way bigger whether it's out like actually launching new ideas or hiring new team members or maybe fixing things that are broken or setting up new systems and processes it's like this is something i've done all my life whether i've noticed it or not and this is just something i naturally do with people and so i early on i i did a lot of free work i did a lot of cheap work um mm -hmm. i did a lot of things that didn't work and and this, that, I, that's what I can say got me to where I am today as a business coach. Right, so it, it sounds like you, you had, you had a, some kind of moment of reflection then. So I know, I, know I, I did personally. So with me, it was me realizing that there's, there's no hope of me achieving the things that I want if, if my conditions start taking over. So I had to, to make sure that my health was in check to be able to perform mm -hmm. in the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So that was a big, a big thing for me in this case of, okay, well, I've got, as you say, things that you just have to do. 
you know you, you can't you can't have a day where you don't do those things anymore so what what was the moment when you you decided that i've been doing this whether it be you know consciously aware of it when you suddenly decided okay i'm just going to do this so what, what what's that moment like hmm that is a really good question uh, i think it was just i think it was a realization that i have the power to choose what my life looks like and i have the power of changing my perspective and and like I was feeling, I was actually feeling pretty overwhelmed and stressed. I was, it, it was a couple of years ago, I was running a digital agency and I was actually very sick. I found out recently. Um, so actually, let me, let me backtrack. Let me restart. Okay. So last year I moved into an apartment. I moved from Miami, Florida up to Atlanta, Georgia to move in with my boyfriend. And what we didn't know was there was toxic mold in the apartment and we lived in it for a year. And so I got extremely sick. And so I think it was that moment where I realized I was overwhelmed, I was stressed, I was burnt out, but I was also really sick and I wasn't enjoying the work that I was doing. And I was like, I just, all I had to do was sit down and, well, obviously I also, I was working with a coach and I've worked with a coach for like two years. So she, she helped me out a lot, but really just sitting down, slowing down, pausing, like stopping everything and being like, okay, wait, what is it that I really want here? Mm-hmm. And what is it like, what's my purpose? Like, what am I really here to do? And am I doing that right now? And the answer was that I wasn't. And it was pretty clear what I wanted. I just like hadn't stopped to even think about it. And I've had these moments a couple of times. It was the same in college. It's like, do I really want to be going to college? No. Okay. What do I really want? I, I want to start an online business. Okay. So go do that. And then another time it's like, I'm, you know, like, working with the wrong people. Do I want to be working with these people? No. Okay. Well, who do I want to work with? Okay. Find those people. And then again, okay, I'm really sick and I'm like working 24 seven. Is this what I want? No. Okay. Let's do something different. And the moment you have that clarity is it's, it becomes so easy to take action towards it. Oh, okay. Wait, let me rephrase. It becomes simple. It's very simple, clear next steps, but it might not be easy because it might be really terrifying because you know what you need to do and it might be out of your comfort zone, right? So I actually just, I, I, you know, fired all of my clients. I fired all of my team. I stopped doing this agency model. I was like, I'm going to do something different, even though I have no idea what that looks like, even though I won't be making money for some time, I'm going to figure it out. And within a month, I already had the next steps. I already like, it just, it just naturally happened because I was extremely clear on what I wanted. Yeah. I mean, just, just hearing you, you talk about it and, and explain everything. It's, I feel like I'm I'm reliving it again, so to speak, because I completely agree. It was something that, that I've had. Um, I'm I'm a very effective person anyway, so that was really really interesting to hear you say that. You, this is something that I probably won't ask any of the other guests. But do you think do you think you can rush that? So do you think there's do you think there's an element of okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do it. I'm going to come up with it all. I'm going to plan it all. And I'm going to ask myself all of these questions that you said, even if it doesn't like come to me or spark, I'm just going to get that little bit clearer and I'm just going to move forward. Or do you think that, do you think that it 
does have this element of of being spontaneous and do you think that you can't rush it do you think that everything has its time or or do you think you can engineer it so i think that i don't think we have control over how it shows up and how it happens that we can't plan it we can't engineer it so you know i have tried like i have been like okay this is what i want and i'm this is how i'm gonna get it and this is when i'm gonna do it and this is like i try to I was pretty much, I'm a control freak sometimes. So I've done that. It doesn't really work out the way that you think it's going to work out. So for example, I, I stopped my agency and I was like, okay, I'm going to make money doing something that I love. I don't know what that looks like, but I know how much I want to make and I know what I want to be doing and I know what I want to be focusing on. That's all I was clear on. And, you know, I, the, you're, and it's just like you're not gonna know the how and this start, this can start getting really like spiritual woo-woo stuff but it's like as long as you're clear on what you want there's a solution there is a way for you to get it a hundred percent no doubt about it like i know if somebody tells me i truly want to make seven figures i know it's gonna happen and the minute we start going into how is the minute it's just like we're focusing on the wrong things and i'm not saying that it's not like we like i'm not saying to be lazy and do nothing and like oh you know i'm just gonna let the universe bring me a million dollars like that's not how it is it's like focusing on what you desire so much that you start to get these like little um hints of things to do things that inspire you things that motivate you things that feel good and then you take action on that daily consistent action even if it's small or big action it doesn't matter as long as you are being in alignment with what you want and you're taking action towards that every day it's going to happen so when i stopped my agency um you know i took some time to rest because i was very sick and that was that was really aligned with me at that moment i needed to just take a break and stop doing things stop traveling just just stop and so i rested for a while and then i just kept every day focused like i'm going to i'm going to do some work that i love to do and i'm going to be paid like triple the amount that i was making from the agency and what felt aligned was to reach out to people to um to do podcast interviews and summit interviews and so i was reaching out and doing that stuff and that's how i met scott oldford and when we when he brought up partnering up it just it just immediately felt like the right thing to do i was like you know what let's do this i don't know what it's going to look like i don't know how it's going to end up but i'm going to do it because it just it feels right and this seems like the this direction feels good to me um and then we partnered up and it was just, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, systems and operations. And I definitely tripled my income. And I, it was just, it was, it was not what I imagined. <laughs> like if I had been a control freak, I would have probably planned something completely different and the opportunity would have come and I would have said no to Scott. Right. So that's why right. you can't really focus on the how, because there are so many different ways it can happen. Like there are so many different ways to make six figures, seven figures. There's so many opportunities around us, but we're not going to realize them or be aware of them if we're stuck in the struggle and the overwhelm and the stress and the, oh, I want to do this, but I can't. I don't know if it's going to happen. Oh, wait, let me like over, like try to control everything and make things happen the way that I think it should happen. Like, no, like if you're open and you're clear on what you want and you're clear on like your what feels right to you and what doesn't feel right to you 
you're it's 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 going to be a clear path even if it's sometimes really out of nowhere <laughs> hmm. yeah no i mean it, it i think i think you touched on something important and I, I, again it's just something that that i really resonate with because it's i, I kind of feel like we're going through similar similar journeys to be honest but um yeah it's almost like the the how is something that a lot of people focus on and it's almost like if if you're very very clear on the what that you want it's almost like the as you say you know you you start to see things that you might be able to take advantage of you know the opportunities might mm-hmm. might appear that you're looking for because you see how they align with the what that you want and i think people do i think people do focus on the how a little bit too much so let me let me ask you then at what point would you go down this okay the how is now important at what point do you sort of say okay i'm seeing all the opportunities all of the the what is there when do i then start to make decisions on how i achieve what i want so it's like it's it, it's okay so let me give you an example of, of okay. this um so you would think that living in an apartment with toxic mold is like the worst thing that could ever happen but it's actually it, it was exactly what needed to happen um so I moved into this apartment last year. I, I, you know, moving, this was my first time moving anywhere outside of Miami. I have lived in Miami all my life for 22 years. And so I didn't want to bring my furniture. I wanted to leave my furniture and my, my bedroom collection with my parents, um, as a guest bedroom. Right. So Mm -hmm. my, we found an apartment here in Atlanta that was furnished and was close to my boyfriend's college. So we moved in and we thought this was amazing. You know, I was paying the same amount of money that I would for an apartment that I was paying like about a thousand dollars for an apartment in Miami and it was tiny. (laughs) And I was now splitting a thousand dollars for an apartment with my boyfriend. So I was paying $500 and it was three times the size. So it was like way cheaper. Everything was pretty cool. I could spend all the money traveling, right? Yeah. And so, I moved in and we thought everything was good. Um, and we lived there for a while. I got sick. We couldn't figure out why. And then one of my mentors was like, what do you really want? And I had just come back from Toronto visiting Scott. We were working on bots for business and I had stayed in an Airbnb that was a corner unit with floor to ceiling windows. And I felt so inspired by that. I was like, wow, I feel I feel productive. I feel, you know, just high vibe. I feel in flow. I feel creative in this space. And so coming back to my apartment that was on the first floor, this, this apartment in Toronto was like on the top floor, coming back to my dark, like first floor apartment, we had a couple of like, we had a roach infestation. So that wasn't fun. It, we were like in a college uh, area so it was a bunch of college like neighbors that were loud and throwing stuff in our patio and so coming back I didn't feel inspired anymore I was like this doesn't feel good to me like it felt good when I first moved because it took away the stress of moving but now mm-hmm. it's like it, it just doesn't feel like a good space for me and then I got uh, I got uh, one of my mentors was like so what do you want I'm like yeah I want a nice apartment and he's like no that's not good enough 
Get super clear. Link me the apartment you want. Show me the apartment you want. Get super clear on the apartment. I was like, I, I don't know how I'm going to. He's like, stop. The how doesn't matter. Just show me the apartment you want. And I went through a bunch of online listings of apartments for rent. And I found an apartment in the Buckhead area. Uh, corner unit, floor to ceiling windows on the top floor. Beautiful view. And I linked this apartment to my mentor. He's like, okay, it's done. That's the apartment you're going to move into. When are you going to move into this apartment? I'm like, I, I don't know. Cause it's like going to be a lot of money and I have my lease for another year and a half. He's like, okay, so when I'm like, all right, I've already lived here in this apartment for almost a year. So I have one more year left of my lease. So in, at the end of 2018, I'm going to move into this apartment. And this was, this was probably around May or June of this, of this past year, a couple months ago. Okay. Literally a couple weeks later, I find out there's toxic mold in the apartment. <sighs> I hire a lawyer to get us constructively evicted so that, you know, because we couldn't break the lease. Um, so we had the lawyer help us break the lease. I, I decided, I was like, you know what? This is it. Like I said, I got clear that I, this is the apartment I wanted. Now is my chance to get the apartment I want. And so I hired a, I hired a, a company to help me find listings. I had mine, but I wanted to see my other options. Mm -hmm. They gave me a, a list of 30 apartments. I narrowed it down to 15. And the first apartment I saw, I was like, this is it. This is the apartment. I still saw 13 more apartments in two days. But <laughs> wow. I, I knew the first apartment I saw, I knew this was home. And so I called back. I, 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 you know, I applied. I signed the lease. And I moved in within a week of finding out about toxic mold. And you know, like, it was just shocking to me how it all worked out because I called my bookkeeper and I'm like, my accountant, I'm like, are you sure I can make this financial change? Um, I, I like I, my boyfriend got more hours at work or he, or he got a better paying job. Um, you know, like the eviction was actually a pretty easy process and like everything just lined up, you know? So it's not like I had to decide like, yes, I had to like take the action, but it wasn't like a decision. It was just naturally like I got the decision was getting clear on what I wanted. I wanted this floor to ceiling window corner unit, like 15th floor apartment in, in a beautiful uh, Buckhead area. Um, and I, I like, it just happened. And I thought it wasn't going to happen until 2018. You know, I thought like my listing was not the apartment I moved into. And so if I had stuck with it, like, no, it has to be this one. It has to be this listing. You know, I wouldn't have discovered the, the one that I actually moved into that was 10 times better. And everything just fell into place. And it's like, when you're clear on what you want and you're taking the actions, like I hired the lawyer to get, to get myself out of that place. I hired a company to help me find different listings. I went and looked at apartments for two days. I had, to, I was traveling in between all of this. Like I got the keys Wednesday morning. We got a U-Haul to move the furniture that I had started buying and then returned the U-Haul Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. I had a flight out to California I came back a week later, I bought some furniture and then a few days later left to Austin. And then I came back and I was just like, 
it was crazy. It was, it was the most stressful time of my life for sure. Cause I was also sick through all of this and it was just, I was not expecting it to happen, but it was exactly what it, what needed to happen. And if I was like, Oh, but this is my plan and this is what I decided I'm going to do. I would have, I would have said no to all of this, all of the things going on and I wouldn't have had the opportunity. So it was more go kind of going with the flow of what was happening and just saying, yes, this feels good or no, this doesn't feel good. And then going for exactly what I want and things just like it, time and time again, it happens. It's really hard to hear this when you're not in that place of like things are working out for you. But, and I, I used to hear people talking like this all the time. I'm like, yeah, right. Like that, that makes no sense. But it's, it's because it's terrifying to admit what you want in the first place and to let go of the attachment of how it's going to show up. It's really difficult. I'm a perfectionist and a control freak and I want things to happen my way. And that's never how it happens. <laughs> yeah. Just, just when you were explaining it, I was like, oh. She, she must have been stressed out. She, she was ill. She My was... boyfriend got a fever during that time oh. as well. I had to handle all of the paperwork. They wouldn't, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to prove your income. They wouldn't take my pay. Like there's, I can't give pay stubs. They wouldn't take my tax papers. I had to get a notarized letter, but none of like, it was hard to get that notarized letter because my accountant wasn't local. It was a mess. Everything. Oh, nightmare. Like pieces fell together, but it felt like things were going wrong. But deep down inside, I knew actually, no, it, it might seem stressful and overwhelming, but this is exactly what needs to happen. And this is how I'm going to grow. And this is how I'm going to get what I want. And so I went for it anyways. It, see, it seems like when you say like, you know, if we attach to the how, then we miss things and all the pieces do come to, into place eventually. It's, it sounded like the pieces when... It sounds like there were there were different pieces that went down in the wrong order at the wrong time, but they found that it's almost like they only came together like when you got the keys and when you were in. It, I, I got the funny feeling that everything was almost like just everywhere, and then within like a day, they all just appeared in place. Well, that, like if you really think about it i found toxic mold in my apartment i would never wish for that like i i no. was so pissed but i was like you <laughs> know what okay toxic mold sucks but this is my opportunity to break my lease early so let me hire the lawyer to break my lease and get out of here and stop being sick right yeah so, so was there a moment where you, you sort of went oh this is my chance to do x y yeah, and z or yeah, or did it, you sort of, of go right yeah so like, and, and then the same thing, it's like, okay, wait a second. I'm, I'm traveling this coming week. Is it the right time to move? But there was also this point where I wasn't sure if I was going to be approved for the application because, you know, I'm young and my credit is new. So, and they were, they, they had, they have high expectations in this apartment and I got approved the, the day that I was stressing out about moving. I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm going to go for it. Then like getting all of the proof of income was tough and my boyfriend got a fever and I'm like, 
is this really worth it? Like, it, like this is, this is like turning out to be so difficult. But then I thought to myself, you know what? It's difficult because I'm moving into an apartment with integrity and an apartment that actually wants to vet their people. It was so easy to move into the first apartment. And of course there was roach infestation and like college parties and like toxic mold and broken furniture. So, you know, I would rather go through that trouble of vetting myself and move into an apartment that I know is going to be healthy for me and good for me in the long term, right? So it's just like every moment there was something bad happening that I could, I could, I make the meaning you like, you get to decide the meaning of everything. Like, yeah, I was definitely stressed, but it was because I was looking at all the shit going wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, what, this is actually right. This is actually good. I'm moving out of toxic mold. I'm moving into my dream apartment. I, I'm, I'm fine. I finally know what's, what's causing me to be sick. So I could start to take care of myself, you know, even though it was absolutely crazy, it was exactly what needed to happen. And it happened because I decided this is what I want. And no matter what happens, good or bad, I'm going to, I'm that, that's what I want. And that's what I'm going to go for. Was there, cause I'm curious now, cause obviously again, I, I really kind of feel like we are on very similar journeys. Was it, was it a moment when, you decided that okay this might actually happen so for instance when when you decide that you want to do things or you applied for for that house and they, they had to vet you and you had to get the letters and everything was it a moment when you doubted yourself i mean obviously we all have this we all have we all have this uncertainty thing right but yeah. then but but then it you know they, they say yes you know, like you, you sat there, you, you're worried, all the uncertainty comes flying into your head and you, you're unsure if it's even going to work. But then they say yes. How, talk us through that. How, how on earth did you feel when that happened? Okay, I'm going to be really honest with you. I doubted myself every step of the way. Mm-hmm. I doubted moving out of the apartment. I, I doubted hiring the lawyer. I doubted searching for places. I doubted picking the right place. I doubted applying for this apartment. I doubted getting approved. Uh, my boyfriend got a fever, so I doubted if this any was worth it. I, you know, I had travel, so I doubted even going on the trips or moving. And then even when they said yes, I still doubted. It's like, can I even afford this? Because this is like triple, quadruple the amount I was paying before. Can I even afford this? Can I even make this happen? Is this even the right move? Everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, well, just just like find a different place, find a cheaper place, like buy your own home. I'm like, no, this is what I want. And everybody was disagreeing with me. So of course I was doubting. It's like, is everyone else right? And like still to this day, I'm doubting. I'm like, well, you know, like it's just, it happens and it's always going to happen. There's always going to be uncertainty and there's always going to be doubts. But just the fact, like, I think the thing that I come back to each of those moments, like when good things and bad things happen, it's like, you know what? I feel really good about this decision. This feels really aligned with me. This is exactly what I want. And I know it's going to work out. I have that faith. I have that trust. And even if I have that uncertainty and doubt and fear as well, I'm going to just, I'm just keep going, keep trusting, keep doing what I, I know feels right to me. So did, they, did those feelings exist at the same time? Or was there a moment when you went from this, this element of doubt to, okay, this can actually work? 
it was a roller coaster. It was like one moment I was like totally fearful and, and completely in doubt to another moment. I was like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. This is going to totally work out. I'm confident. And then the next moment I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> so it was, I can't uh, pinpoint like this day I felt doubt and, and this hour I felt confident. It was just like all, I was all over the board. Like I could literally feel both things at the same time. Like when they said yes and gave me the keys, I felt so excited and so terrified at the same time. So, yeah, it, yeah. It, it really does remind me of like almost like a table tennis match. <laughs> like you're positive, you're bad, you're positive, you're bad, you're positive, you're bad, you're fearful, you're confident. It's kind of like, and then when you sort of say you feel them both at the same time, I, th- I think that's probably that rare moment when you're excited when they're both at the same time but then the rest of the time is up you're down you're left you're right you're it's when you know you're out of your comfort zone it's like you're you know you're doing the exact thing you you know you've needed to do for a long time and this is exactly where you're supposed to be going and it's absolutely terrifying because it's like you know you start to get those voices like can i really do this is this really mm-hmm. it? like it, like like what's gonna happen next like i'm so uncertain i don't know and that is that is it, it happens to people like when they speak on stages, you know, when they start a business, when they get their first client, like this happens to everybody. And this happens so often, like it's never going to go away. It doesn't matter how much money you're making or how successful you are. It's, it happens to every single person in different experiences and different levels. And just the people who actually succeed and keep moving forward are the people that feel that fear and keep going, keep moving forward anyways, and just keep trusting that if they are aligned and doing what is right for them that everything's going to work out even if you feel that fear and doubt and uncertainty and just total roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) so if if someone was listening to this right because obviously i I hope people are listening to this (laughs) um what what advice would you give so I, i don't want to restrict it to like one piece of advice because we've You've been through a lot. There's there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of emotional roller coasters that we've been talking about. So, you know, I, I'm prepared for you to have a list of stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what, what advice would you give to someone that's in a similar situation or is predicting a similar situation? Because obviously these these things could also happen, and that's that's also when these things could start, right? All of the emotional side of things is, oh, I'm predicting X, Y, and Z. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? All that sort of thing. So what advice would you give to someone that's in or about to be in the situation that you've been in? Yeah, so, uh, you know, the first step is to take inventory of where you are at right now. And I, I do this with all of my clients. It doesn't matter if they're like six figure or seven figure business owners. It's like, where are you right now? Like, let's actually give yourself a reality check and just state the facts. I live in an apartment with mold and a roach infestation. Um, my business makes this amount of money. Um, this is, you know, I, I, I spend this much time with my uh, partner and my kids and my pets or whatever. I don't have kids or pets, but I have a boyfriend. Uh, but, you know, some clients have families and they, they realize, you know, I don't get to spend as much time with my kids as I want to. Or, you know, I get sick this often or, you know, I experience this type of pain. Like I've had shoulder pains for like ever. <laughs> right. It's just like taking, taking inventory of like just stating facts. And it seems so simple, but this is like a really good journaling process. And then looking at this list, 
and write next to it, writing what, what you want instead. Or if, if something is the way you want it, acknowledging that it's like, okay, yeah, I, I have a boyfriend that I absolutely love and, and I wouldn't change that for the world. And I would love to spend more time with him. Maybe I would like to have date nights or something. Or, you know, I love my kids and I think I want to, you know, be able to have time to go to their activities. Or, you know, my business is making this much, this much per month. I actually want to make this much, but doing different work, right? Or I want to move into a new apartment with floor to ceiling windows. So determining where you're at, taking inventory, and then declaring what you want. Because until you do those two things, you're not going to know what to do. And I, even, even, even seven-figure businesses, I have people like, what do I do now? What's next? Like, I, I created this thing, but I, I don't feel fulfilled. Like, this, this was my vision previously, but I think now it's changed and I don't know what that looks like. Well, of course not, because you haven't taken inventory of what's going on right now and what it is you really want. But like turning off the noise, not asking family members, friends, colleagues, coaches, like just shutting everything out, shutting all the external conversations out and just really tapping into what do you really want? And don't even think about how you're going to do it or when it's going to happen or what needs what what you need to do to make it happen or if it makes sense or if you're if it feels like a step back or a step forward. It None of that really matters. What matters is you're clear on what you want, no matter the circumstances. Like if you could just do like if you could wave a magic wand as, as, as I, get, I get this question a lot from coaches. If you could wave <laughs> a magic wand and you could have anything you want, what would that be? Right. And then from there managing your priorities. You know, I, I do a lot of systems and operations and it's not a time management problem. It's not a to-do list problem. It's not a project problem. It's always a priority problem. So what is your priority? Mine was definitely my health. And so some people are like, okay, but how are you going to pay for this apartment? Like, how are, are you going to make more money? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. What I do know is that my priority is my health and I know and I trust that if I take care of my health, the money will happen. And it did. I, I focused on moving out of the apartment. I found a good doctor to help me clear out the mold, the toxic mold that my system, my body absorbed. And my apartment has, I have rent saved up for like, I don't even know how long, but like I'm pretty, pretty much set to live in this apartment, even though I was not having that in my budget um, and I hadn't previously saved up for it. So then I could focus on my next priority, which is hanging out with my boyfriend more and hanging out with friends more and going out. Now that I don't feel sick and burnt out all the time, I could actually enjoy my life. So I'm going to go do that. But people are like, oh my God, but what about the work that you have to do? I'm like, look, I'm doing the work that I love and I've got the clients that I've got. And you know, if I am not at my 100% best and fulfilled and going out and, and like having different experiences, I won't be able to show up and have creativity and flow in my business. And I definitely like, wh like, why did you create a business in the first place for freedom or to create another, another job, you know? Hmm. So these are like things that I look at, I've done for myself and I've done for clients as well. Like I had one client who was working one-on-one -on -one with people and she was just totally burnt out. And she's like, I want to make more money, but I can't because I only have a certain amount of hours in the day to work with people. What I want is to make this much money. 
and I want to make it in this way. And it was so easy. Once she got clear on that, we found like, okay, well, what do you love to teach? She's like, I love to teach this. And my, my clients have been asking me about this often, uh, very often. So she created a course on that and we launched it and she sold it out and like made way more than she had ever made in a month. And it was so easy because it was aligned with what she wanted and it made sense from where she was starting from. So she was able to fire all of her clients and just start selling that every month and making more and more money. And then, you know, I've had seven figure businesses, business owners that were like, you know what? I love what I do in my business, but I don't love the way that it's run. And we have consistent sales coming in. We have consistent leads. We have clients, but I just, I want to improve the overall experience for myself and for my team and for my clients. And they obviously want more freedom as well because it's, you know, they know that they're stopping their business from growing by being too involved in it. So we set up the systems and the processes and the organizational chart. We hire the team members. And then by the time we're done with it, it's like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. And I made it happen. So the, I've got two things now, really, before we before we dive into to what you actually do. Um, the first one, <coughs> excuse me, is how how do you advise people that are stuck on the how? So people that are fixating on the how. Have you got any advice for someone to to let go on that, and then? My next question would be, well, how, how do you balance that with this idea of changing how a business is run? Yeah. So, you know what I do for myself? Because I am like the first place I go is the how. I write it down. I have a how, a, a, a how container. What's it? What, what do I call it? I forget what, it, like a journal, but not really. It's like a, a how list or something like that. Right. It sounds really funny, but basically I just write down all the hows, all the to do's, all the things I should do, all the things I think I have to do that I need to do. And then once it's put on paper and out of my head, I realize that I don't have to do anything. I literally do not have to do anything. I do not have to, I have no problems right now. I don't have to fix things. I don't have to take care of anything. I, I don't, if I don't want to, I don't have to do anything. The only thing that I know I need to do is continue to come back to what do I want? And then, so I put all of those hows on that paper and then I look at it. I'm like, all right, what do I want? Okay. I want to, um, um, I, I want to stop experiencing shoulder pain. Okay, is anything on my how list going to help me with that? Does anything on my how list feel good to do right now? Well, you know what? One of my my one of the things on the list is to sit in front of my laptop all day and work. And I feel like I have to do that. So that's going to hurt my posture. What can I do about that? Okay. Well, let me buy like an ergonomic chair and let me set up my laptop so that I'm not slouching at my computer on the couch anymore. And then maybe I can look back at my list and be like, okay, let me work on this or let me work on my laptop for this amount of hours. Or, you know, really what I did, what it, none of, I'm just giving examples, but what I really ended up doing for my shoulders was going to an acupuncturist and massage therapist and helping with my shoulders. And that felt better. I was like, okay, now I 
want to delegate more on my how list so that I have the freedom to not have to worry about all of the things that are on my list to do. Yeah. So I hire team members to help me with that, right? So it's, it just really depends what's on your list and what you really want. Um, and it can change from day to day. Like I don't sit here every day thinking, I want to make a million dollars. Like some days I'm like, you know what? I really just want to rest or mm. I really want to hang out with my friends today. And like things happen. It's like, well, uh, today I was hanging out with my friends and, and they introduced me to somebody that I can partner up with and we just made a shit ton of money. So it worked out, right? And so it just always comes back to your goals anyways. Um, and I'm not saying to be completely lazy. Like, you know, there's going to be work that you have to do. Like if you're starting a business, there's work involved and you know what you need to do. But it doesn't have to be a constant struggle. It doesn't have to be a constant state of like stress and overwhelm. It can actually be fun and easy and feel good to you. And if it doesn't, then there's just something going on that needs to change. Yeah. So how do you balance that with someone that comes to you and says, I want to change how the business is run? Where, you know, so cause obviously we just said there that, okay, well, focus on the, the what, focus on the what and the how will take care of itself. Focus on the what and the how will take care of itself. But then when you have someone that, that's achieving a few of their what's now, so we're talking about people that have already achieved a few of their the things that they want, how, how do you... How do you advise those people though? So we're, we're trying to, I'm trying to move slowly into what you do now. So <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so I, have, yeah. I, I have a process for this and it's, it's basically, you know, first I interview them and I get to know them and really what I'm looking for is what their complaints are. And I also talk to team members and I hear out their complaints as well. Cause usually what the team is complaining about is what actually needs to be fixed. Cause they're in the business more so than the CEO is. Makes sense. Um, but the CEO has a very clear vision of what they want. So I want to make sure that what they are working on is aligned with that. And then I do a bit of an audit. Um, I do kind of like a mystery shopping where I go and I pretend like I have a, a, a secret email that no one knows about. And I like go through their funnels, go through their business as if I were a, a, an ideal client and I see what happens. And then I also audit their systems from behind the scenes. And then I just put all of that together and I look, okay, this is what they're struggling with. This is what they want. Here are the processes that need to happen. And I bring this to the CEO and they don't always agree with me. And that's totally okay. Because, excuse me, it's not about me and my preferences. It's about truly capturing the vision that the CEO has for this company and creating the systems and processes that are aligned with that and also in integrity with, you know, their values, their mission, their, their team, their, their team culture and just everything. It's all about the CEO. This is the CEO's baby, right? This is the business owner's baby. And so we come up with a plan together. It's like, okay, I can help you do this and that. And they're like, you know what? I like this idea, but I would rather do it this way. Okay, perfect. Done. That is totally doable, right? And so it really depends on the type of business and the industry and where they're at, how many team members they have, what their vision is, what their goals are. Everybody's different, but it really, it, it starts with that inquiry of like, okay, what's going on here and what do we need to change? Right, so because obviously it seems like the seems like the element of variation that's involved with the the how implies that it does vary from person to person. Mm -hmm. But then, but then there's obviously the, there's this element of okay, well, wh where do you go when 
Because I, I would imagine that someone that's earning six figures, right, they, they already have an element of systems in place depending on what their their business model actually is initially like if mm-hmm. you're if you're someone working one-to-one with people and you're earning six figures then you must have something in place in mm-hmm. order to hit that income level in the first place you so, surprised some people actually don't always have systems in place and it's a chaotic mess behind the scenes but you don't see that up front so it's right. not always that way but yeah some people definitely have systems some people don't I mean, I, I don't know, because I'm, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just obsessed with hitting certain limits, and then I try and scale back, it's kind of like, I, I, I let the, the tree grow to a certain extent, and then I prune it back, and then I let the tree grow a bit more, and then I prune it back, I think that's, that's a process that I'm always involved in myself, but then, I guess, I am making the assumption that it must be very hard to get to six figures and, and beyond, just by doing things in that way. So when someone's ready to take that leap, what are the first things that you would suggest someone do in terms of creating systems to, to guess, I would start with efficiency and then obviously that the scaling up part comes after that, I would imagine. Well, you know, I'm going to be honest. It's definitely, it's, there's, there's a lot of people making six figures without systems. Um, and continuing to grow. And so I think, the, yeah, it just, it comes back to like, what does this person want? Like, I, it's really hard to give specifics because I've worked with so many different people in so, in so many different ways. And it ends up being different every single time. Like I can't, I haven't been able to give consistent advice other than like getting clear on what you want getting clear on on what's going wrong and so yeah there's there's six-figure entrepreneurs that don't have systems and sometimes they fail at fulfilling a service that they promised and they have to give refunds um sometimes you know they their team members are you know scrambling to get things done at the last minute for a launch sometimes launches aren't perfect and there's broken links and broken emails and broken things but they still make that money because um, they're really good at the marketing and sales they are really good at making money but they're not good at the systems and operations and most of these people also feel like if they set up systems they'll they'll be constricted or i heard somebody say they'll be enslaved by systems and it it's that's that's the shift that people need that six figure entrepreneurs need to make to reach seven figures so they can continue to grow but they won't grow fast and it won't be a sustainable growth um to seven figures if they keep running the way that they're running and it's either they're going to take a long time to figure this out or usually like that's when i come in and i'm like look this is this is the systems and operations we need and this is actually going to free up your your time and your creativity and let you focus on what you're good at um but it it all comes down to like what's broken and not working and because it's usually like where it, like some people are not even at the place where they can think about efficiency. They're putting out fires. They're constantly in chaos and, and, and like fixing things and things are broken. And, Oh, my team member just texted me of another problem. Like that's like the constant state of the business. And so the first place is to, the first step is to get out of that and get to a stable place 
where thing where where it's not chaotic and then start thinking of like how can we do this better how can this be more efficient like uh, what more support do we need how can we continue to scale like the more the more um like so uh, here's the way that i picture it these entrepreneurs are really good at growth and growth usually has to do with revenue so they're good at making more money they're good at growing their business but they're not good at scaling which is being able to operate under the pressure of, uh, of more work. And so th- after getting out of that chaotic state is like, okay, how can I keep operating with the more work and growth that happens? And that's where we started to think like, okay, what systems, what processes, um, what metrics, uh, what team members, we start getting into those like specifics. Okay, so I mean, this is not the first time I've heard the the analogy of putting out fires. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest; it happens quite a lot. So it sounds like there's an element of an element of dealing with the negative aspects before you then say, "Right, how can we move forwards?" Is would I be right in saying that? Yeah, yeah, because like it, it, you don't want your business to just crash and burn. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it, it's it's not like it's going to crash and burn over a day. But there's been there's been things falling through the cracks. There's been like leaks and holes and fires, and it just it gets really exhausting after a while. So those are usually the people that come to me, and I, I help first help them out of that because that's that's not the best place to grow your business. That's not the best place to be a leader. In, in, as a, a CEO of a business, you know? Mm. So is, is there anything in particular that you've noticed that puts out the most number of fires to use this, to use this analogy? Um, yeah, like, I don't think it's like the number of fires because, you know, some people can have like a ton of things wrong, but only one of them is really impacting their business. And mm-hmm. then a couple of people can have like, four or five different things that are wrong and impacting their business. So it's really usually um, the ones that are the worst are like uh, customer facing, like they're really good at selling um, and marketing. But then when it, like when they pay, when the customer pays, it's like that fulfillment, making sure they're happy, making sure like that, like people aren't canceling or refunding, making sure people get everything they need, answering all the emails, like all of that stuff that seems to like overwhelm people the most I've noticed. Um, I might be wrong. I don't, I don't know. I'm just speaking from my own experience with my clients, but um, that's usually, that's usually where I first start. Um, Because, of course, we want to make sure customers are happy because if they're happy, they'll refer and your audience will grow and you'll obviously have a good community. And, you know, if you keep going on that track, your reputation will be ruined. Um, And it's it's like common sense, but it happens a lot. And and people try to deal with it later. And that's just not sustainable at all. So that's usually where I first start. Um, and you know, some people, I, some people are really good at that. And I start in other places, like maybe, um, their team isn't as productive as they want them to be and roles aren't clearly defined. So I start doing that. Maybe it's like, you know, 
the project planning isn't efficient, you know, like, like they plan out a launch, but then they realize at the last minute that things didn't get done. So now they have to scramble and rush to get things done. Like, so there's something wrong there. So it's like the fire depends on the type of business and the business owner's strengths and weaknesses and the team's strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, it's really easy to spot because everybody's complaining about it and everyone's aware of it. They just don't know what to do about it. So, you know, I come in and I give them the right processes and the systems and it's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to define this and make it happen. Right. So it's, it kind of lends itself over to um, what you were saying before about finding out where you're at and yep. <laughs> making sure crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this idea of, of auditing and actually it's almost like a, it's almost like a um, awareness exercise almost for the business and for the CEO and for the, and for the staff and for everything. Because then if you go, right, well, we can't really move forwards until, until we know where we're at. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like we, we need this, we need this reference point before we can go anywhere, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think, I think that's, that's one of the takeaways that I think, I mean, I don't know if the, the listeners connected the dots with that, but it's definitely something that, that I found, uh, just, just listening to yourself answer the questions. So if, if, if someone's listening now, right, so they're sort of getting to more like, <clears throat> maybe I wouldn't say strategies but more like things that people can can use so we're going down the route of resources um if someone wanted to systemize more are there any are there any resources or maybe even it's it's a book that you can recommend as well that that you think if someone was interested in systems and interested in this idea of of automating because obviously there's the ones that I know about are more down the road of email ad, um, marketing, so that yeah, the automated emails and, and, that, and that sort of thing. But yeah. I, I'm going in with the assumption that there, there must be more to it. So yeah. if someone wanted to systemize their business more, whether it be for to make their life easier, whether it be for, okay, this is great, feed up the time, I can now do more of the stuff that works or that, that makes the money side of things, what, what sort of things would you recommend? Yeah. So, cause you know, I don't know, the listeners can range from like all over the place, like new entrepreneurs, six figure, seven figure entrepreneurs. So I'm not going to like give one specific tool or system, but I can give this from this whole conversation I've been talking about, get, become aware of where you're at. It's kind of like a GPS. Like you could put the place where you want to go, but if you don't put where you're at, the GPS is not going to go. Right. Mm-hmm. So Here's one tool that I give that I have all of my clients use. It's called Rescue Time and rescuetime.com. It's an app that a software that you download on your computer and it starts tracking everything you do on the computer. What websites you open, what apps you spend time on, and every week it gives you a report of where you spent your time. Ah, okay. This opens people's eyes. To, it's a reality check, like I talked about earlier. So instead of journaling, you have a computer tracking your productivity on the computer, and you can determine what tasks are productive or not. And so the report is just a simple bar with two colors, red for unproductive, blue for productive. And you'll see that visual on your computer. And so, of course, like Facebook would be unproductive. You know, personal emails and like newsletters would be unproductive, stuff like that. 
Netflix, YouTube, stuff like that, unproductive, but productive would be like client work and, and stuff like that, marketing. So I have my clients do this and we look at those reports and I say to them, look, you're spending this much time on Facebook. Is that where you really want to be spending your time? Like, is this a valuable use of your time? And most of the right, time, okay. no, right? And so it's like, what, what, what would you rather be spending your time on? And so, well, I would rather be spending time talking to clients or spending time with my family or spending time making money. It's like, okay, how much money would you make if you spent those 20 hours that you spent on Facebook? And they're like, wow, I, I would make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Wow. And then how happy would you be spending 20 hours with your kids or your family? I would be very happy. Great. So now you just found 20 hours of your time to do something that actually matters to you. And it's just like, until it's right in front of your face, kind of like that reality check and you realize this is where I'm at and this is where I'm spending my time on it. Like it, you, it's so difficult to notice. And so, like, you know, I, like I spent, I was, I'm saying this because I spent so much time on Facebook and I found out with this app and I put, I downloaded this thing called a Facebook newsfeed eradicator I don't right. have a Facebook newsfeed. I don't have Facebook on my phone. I completely eliminated it and I gained back a lot of time to, to, to do with, to do things that I actually care about doing. Right. Um, so that's just, that's just one thing that you can do to start looking at like, wow. So if I'm not making the money I want to make, how much time am I actually spending on sales tasks? versus admin tasks a lot of people that aren't making the income they want to make are spending too much time checking their email tweaking their website doing admin tasks that they can hire out and so i help them hire a va or whatever and then they start spending more time on sales activities getting on sales calls promoting like their offers making invitations to get on the phone or a webinar and then they start suddenly making more money <laughs> so it's like you know, once you have that reality check and the same thing with like six, seven figure business owners, it's like, what are you spending your time on? And can you hire that out? And can you eliminate it? Or can you just like spend less time? Like maybe like do focused chunks of work rather than sporadic work throughout the day. Like there's so many different options. Once you're clear on what's going on and what you really want, like rescue time will just put it in your face. Like you can't avoid it. Like, wow, I spent that much time on Facebook. I can't, I can't say that it's a, I can't lie to myself anymore. You know, it's like right there to the minute it tracks to the minute. So, um, that's been very useful for my clients and it's completely transformed the, the way that they prioritize their days. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally know from the, the types of things that I do that it's amazing how many people underestimate how much time they spend on things mm-hmm. uh, and they always they always tip the balance towards the productive stuff right they always say oh i spend all day doing the, the emails with clients and i spend very little time on facebook and they realize that you know all those all those two or three minutes that you spend checking and and all that they all add up to potentially like hours and hours a day spent on on facebook that they probably wouldn't have even noticed or they tried to hide maybe when Mm -hmm. they do their own little tracking things so i I do see rescue time as being something that would be almost almost too much of a reality check for some people i actually opened my rescue time and i'm looking at what i did yesterday yesterday i spent four hours and 31 minutes um 
uh, communicating with my team, working on client work. I spent one hour and 44 minutes on social media. I spent one hour and seven minutes writing. So Google documents and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent 52 minutes in business apps like ConvertKit, Trello, stuff like that. And then I f- uh, spent 42 minutes on um, uh, help desk, uh, you know, like email, stuff like that. So that was my day yesterday. And so I have, um, it says here, five hours and 40 minutes of very productive work and three hours and 40 minutes of very distracting work. And it, you know, you can go in here and determine like, okay, like Facebook is very unproductive, but maybe you go on LinkedIn to, to search for um, ideal clients. So it's not super productive because like, you know, it is kind of social media and you could get lost inside of LinkedIn, but it's not totally unproductive because you could also be doing work. So like Rescue Time let's, has a range. And you could range it from like very unproductive to very productive or all in between. And so that starts to determine like what, what is going on. And then you could set goals. It's like, okay, I want to spend less than three hours on very distracting time and more than five hours on very productive time or whatever it is, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can sort of see how, how it can be used as, okay, starting point. But then if you have it on every day, you can sort of see how you're changing over time and how just having it on. I mean, I know like just being a word of something changes what you do, right? Mm-hmm. This, this idea of the, the observer changing the outcome slightly. Yeah. And it's, it becomes a, it's almost like being too data driven, but then for someone that they might not be aware of what they're doing or they're not really sure where their starting point is or they might not be sure if they're making forward progress or they're moving sideways or backward progress Mm -hmm. and then you can sort of see it as well you might be making more sales but you actually be more distracted and then they might say yeah well I can't seem to find that I'm I'm actually being focused when I'm working I feel like I'm going through the motions you say okay well the reason why is is you spend like five minutes on emails and then you're on Facebook and then 10 minutes on emails and then five minutes on Facebook and you can sort of see mm-hmm. by looking at at the numbers and at this this idea of awareness that you see okay well wouldn't it be great if you didn't have Facebook on your phone so that you were able to spend more time on things like emails and client work and stuff so yes. you can well, sort of see on, like certain time periods some people are more productive at other like I can I can tell you when my unproductive times and productive times are based on and it's not like I go in here like this app runs in the background it's not like you have to set it or turn it on or anything like once you install it it runs in the background and tracks everything so you don't even think about it so it's not like I look at this every day I look at it probably once or twice like every week or two um and like you just start to like get to know yourself better it's like okay wow i'm like addicted to facebook <laughs> or okay <Yeah. laughs> i'm like more productive during from this time to this time and very unproductive this time to this time so let me just start taking a break when i'm unproductive anyways cuz it's not like i'm going to get any work done right mm-hmm. and it's yeah, like yeah. oh you know i was actually able to do a 5 hour work day and actually get everything i needed done but then this day it took me like 12 hours to do the same thing like what happened right? Oh, well, you know what? I, I, you know, didn't have my notifications turned off. So I kept getting notifications and responding to them and reacting to other people's agendas. And so I ended up having a 12 hour workday instead of a five hour workday, right? So you can go as in depth as you want, like, like with my clients, I go in depth with, but like, if it's just like, 
you know, it doesn't have to be a super obsession. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah, like they have like a weekly report and it gives you like a score. And so you could just try to focus on keeping a score at a certain level or decreasing the, the unproductivity, right? Yeah. Right, so we've, we've, we've covered, uh, I think we've covered an absolute ton, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm taking lots of notes. I hope people that are listening are taking lots of notes as well. So I only really have one more question because we've covered a resource and I think that's really something that I probably check out and I know a lot of people listening to check out as well and my, my final question is going to sound like a complete uh complete curveball I'll be honest um okay. especially after the things that we've been talking about today okay so but so last question compare yourself uh <laughs> is what do you want the world to know about you that it doesn't already know Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, ooh, that's a good question. Let me think about that. I, you know, to be honest with you, I'm like really transparent. <laughs> like if you go to my social media, you know what's going on every day. I'm, I'm pretty transparent with who I am and the way that I, I like just everything so it, it, it's hard to think of something that the world does not know um, <laughs> um i guess like you know one thing is that i'm like i'm some okay well this is one thing a lot of people think i'm all business all the time especially like i just said my story about being an entrepreneur like even before I knew what entrepreneurship was, but mm-hmm. I'm also a musician. I've been playing piano all my life. I'm also a gamer. You know, I'll ah. do live Twitch streams and play video games and also made that into a business. But, you know, I can't, I can't turn off my business brain, but I like, you know, I, I'm also creative. People think I'm like really data driven and analytical and systems and structures and stuff, but I'm also very creative and empathetic and I'm, empathetic or empathic I don't know but like spiritual I'm into personal growth and spirituality and all those like woo-woo stuff so but that's also a part of me that I share online as well so like if you know me you know that stuff uh, at least a little Mm -hmm. bit or you get hints of it but not not a lot of people notice it so that that could be my answer (laughs) have you got a favorite game oh that changes all the time right now I love Overwatch and Stardew Valley nice yeah yeah all right well i just want to say thanks for for taking the time um i I really appreciate you sharing everything and yeah i know i got a lot from it i hope people listening get a lot from it so yeah thanks for being a guest on my show and i'm sure we'll we'll keep in touch of course we will thank you for having me not a problem